Welcome to episode three of season two of All Car Radio, the All Car Leasing Podcast, the UK's most loved car leasing podcast. So in this episode, it's another going to be another short one based on a blog that I wrote uh, about midway through January about remapping the car and some of the disadvantages of doing so. Um, the reason why we've gone for disadvantages is because we got a question in from someone who wants to do it, and we, you know, we explained to them why it wasn't such a good idea. So we thought we would write a blog so that everyone could find the answer without having to pick up the phone or wonder any anymore, because we didn't think that the answer on uh, online was very good up until this point. Um, so remapping a car is an increasingly popular way to increase the potential of a vehicle's performance by adjusting the car's electronic control unit, shortened to ECU, to override the factory default settings. It's similar to the way people can overclock their computers. In this article, we're going to, a podcast rather, we're going to focus on a disadvantage of remapping cars. The advantages of doing so are well documented already. We're also going to give some information about remapping a lease car at the end of this podcast. So, what are the disadvantages of remapping a car? So, the first one I've got down here is the unknown results. So, simply put, it's impossible to know exactly what remapping uh, will do to your specific car. Uh, and by that, we mean how it will drive and handle after the change, and whether the strain of the extra power will cause undesirable changes. This is particularly true of older cars or vehicles which haven't been remapped extensively in the past with little to no feedback for future customers. And it also goes without saying that the quality of the engineer who's doing the remapping plays a big part as well. However, most engines are designed to do more than they advertise, and some would say that remapping is simply unlocking what is already there. So that is pretty much an advantage. And uh, to explore a little bit further on that is... It feels like when cars leave the factory, they come out about maybe 90% of what they're fully capable of, um, just so that the manufacturers can play it safe, and remapping only uh, makes the car achieve what it is intended to do. Uh, but the more the car is pushed, the more likely the results can be unpredictable to you, the driver. Um, second of all, it's not cheap. Remapping is not a service that dealers will offer for free. You can expect to pay at least 150 for a remap with the average cost being above £300. Various factors are involved in that cost, such as whether or not you want a mounted device to be able to switch between remaps rather than having it always on. Uh, third, remapping a car is almost guaranteed to void the warranty. and The warranty of your vehicle uh, will be based on the exact car configuration that you were given it on delivery or when you pick it up. Any problems caused by unauthorised changes is very likely to avoid the warranty and you'll have to pay out of your own pocket to resolve. If it's a new car and you something goes wrong uh, and you remap the car, you're almost, you know, the insurance companies could just have their way with you, uh, as will the garage, as will the manufacturer, because you've just done something and you've given them an excuse to not have to pay out. So don't give them that excuse. Uh, we've written a guide on modifying leased cars um, and we'll put a link in the, in the show notes. For you, if the manufacturer and the funder have given the go-ahead, they will be fine. But if you've not, uh, if you've removed the car without consent, then you are likely to encounter a lot of problems if things go wrong. Number four, if the car doesn't have a turbo installed or a supercharger, they feel it feels like there's just no point remapping at all. Um, so have a think about that. But most cars will probably have some kind of a turbo, especially now that one liter turbos are quite common. We've also got an article on that as well. Um, number five. A remapping a car causes more strain on the car, and with come with great power comes great strain on the engine, clutch, brakes, and tyres. And you may find yourself having problems all the time and need more regular services. So if the car's going faster, you may find yourself braking more regularly. 
and the brake discs obviously are not built to handle that exact amount of pressure <coughs> the clutch you may find yourself having to change gears more often and more aggressively um, and all the rest of it the configuration of the revs may not match the remap but obviously remap does look into that um, don't forget our previous point on the voided warranty as well based on more strain so servicing especially um, uh, um, a car that's suddenly got more power will need to use more oil, so you'll need more regular oil changes. So you may find yourself wanting to stick to the old uh, service uh, intervals when your car is no longer suitable for that one and needs more regular servicing. Tyres goes without saying. People who remap the car don't remap the car to intend to drive it in a more conservative way. People who want to remap the car want to drive it more aggressively and faster. And everything that comes with that can cause problems. Uh, to help reduce the wear and tear, you could consider upgrading everything else along with the remap, and that includes the clutch, suspension, brakes, tyres, and exhaust, and bring them up to a more performance level to handle the increased power. Um, a remap car is probably going to produce more CO2s, uh, therefore the exhaust will need to work harder. Uh, not only that, but um, if the car produces more CO2s, you are probably going to encounter problems in terms of uh, road fund licence, because uh, it, you'll need to pay more, and effectively, if you haven't, uh, if you're not paying more, then you are avoiding uh, mandatory um, expense. Um, if it's at least cabin modifications, will either not be allowed or demanded that they are reversed before handing the car back. So take that into consideration as well. Um, number six, car insurance premiums will go up after a remap as it counts as a modification and the car becomes more powerful and for, therefore more likely in their eyes to be in an accident. Also, you must tell your insurance company about the modification as otherwise your insurance is void, which is a bigger problem than all the other things that I've mentioned so far. Some insurance companies may flat out refuse to cover modified uh, cars, so, so beware that you may find yourself having to cancel an existing policy maybe pay some kind of a charge to do that, and then start a new insurance from scratch. Number seven, increased fuel consumption. Although some remaps um, have reported better fuel economy, particularly in diesels, the high likelihood is that fuel consumption will go up, not because of the increase in power, but also because of the change in driving style from having a faster car. And like I said, if you think about the mentality of the kind of people who want to remap a car, they don't want to remap a car so they can drive better. Um, they want to remap the car because they want to push it, they want to rev more, they want to show off and all the rest of it. Therefore, fuel consumption is probably going to go up. If your goal, however, is to increase fuel consumption, then you can remap it with that goal in mind and adjust driving style along with it. But if you just want more performance and power, then it's unlikely your car will be any greener. So that's pretty much the list of the disadvantages of doing so. The last one is, as I mentioned at the beginning, is can you remap a leased vehicle? Uh, you cannot and should not remap a lease vehicle without the funder's permission as they own the vehicle. If you seek the permission, then you may, but it is at the uh, discretion only. And it's probably, in my complete guess here, I can't see a funder saying, yes, please remap the vehicle. Um, you're fine to do so. I can't see them. I can probably only see them saying no uh, because it's just too much problems for what it's worth. And although they can quite easily say, yeah, but if something happens, you have to pay for it, it's still hassle for them to update their records and to chase it from payments, and the risk that you may incur extra cost, and you may end up trying to avoid them or not pay them at all, it just doesn't seem worth the while of the funder approving um, one of their customers to remap their car. 
So that is it for this little small section. I'm going to go through a few other Q&As now that we've received and also a couple of the reviews before I hand you over to Chris, who's going to go through the hot deals of the week that he thinks that you should take a look at. Our only question for this week is from Casper, who asks um, if we have any cars on offer with rev matching technology. Um, and because we had absolutely nothing on the website to do with rev matching up until the, this point, we decided this is a good question to answer. So basically, rev matching is uh, the process of when you change gears in, in a normal car, um, the revs go down. It's a bit of a jerk, but most people who have been driving their car for a length of time know how to control and minimize it. So it's not really that much of a difference in experience. But a car that has rev matching will basically match the revs uh, that you had before you change gears, get up to it dead quick, so this, uh, it's completely seamless. Uh, but to actually answer Casper's question, um, yes we do, but they are quite rare. Rev matching is not common whatsoever. So basically the cars that we've got for Lisa have rev matching is the Nissan 370Z, the Hyundai i30N, which uh, Chris himself drives, the BMW M2, the Cooper S, and the Focus ST, but you need the performance pack. So there's not many cars with it. To be honest with you, it's such a rare one that's probably not worth buying leasing, buying or leasing a car just for this feature because you'd have to probably get a car that you don't really want. But either way, Chris on the back of this question has written a whole article about rev matching on our blog, which we may cover in more detail in a, in a later podcast. We may not, but the article is there if you want to read it. But thanks very much for your question, Casper. Yes, we do, uh, but. As long as you lo- love those cars that I've mentioned, then then you find otherwise it's probably not really worth it. Okay, so with it being February, there's a few pre-reg deals knocking around as well as a few other crackers. So to start off with, I think, Ronnie, do you want to take the first one? Yes, I just want to uh, highlight the deal that we've got on the Kia Exceed uh, because I've leased one uh, in Phantom Black, uh, the Kia Exceed ISG2, uh, one litre um TGDI, and I just wanted to say that everyone should, if they're considering a family car, because I'm replacing the Golf with this, then I don't know if there's been a better deal than the XC this year than this car. I went to see it at my local chapel house this weekend. Sorry to the people at chapel house, because obviously I had no intention of <laughs> buying off them. But it is a substantial amount of car, and the, and the price is extremely competitive, and you're unlikely to beat this deal in terms of value for money of any car in this class while it runs out. And I have been told by the people that I, I ordered it that it is on the final run out. So there is a finite amount of slots available for the Exceed. It's a big car. It's got the latest tech in it. It's got a massive boot. It look, I think it looks a lot better than the normal mm. seat. It's, it look, it's got a bit of a coupe look about it. Um, and it's a brand new car. That's the thing. It's not just a you know, pre-reg deal or anything special. It is a brand new model. Yeah, I think what Kia want to do is they want to, because it's such a brand new car, the best way to sell a car is to sell them. Uh, because once other people see them on the road, that's that's what sells the cars the most, I think. Mm. I think they just want to get enough out so that people can start to see them and then the deal's going to be over. But the deal is unbelievable. So, obviously, I, I practice where I preach. I, I am leasing one of these. I get it delivered in April. We'll get it on the gram and all the rest of it. I feel quite comfortable. It will replace the Golf and um, I'm saving about 40 to £60 pounds a month when the Golf goes back mm. on this. It's around 155 a month, isn't it? Yeah, so Chris, if you, want to give them, uh, if you want to give the listeners the details on the actual financials, but um, in terms of the car itself, I can't think of a better deal that we've got on right now than the Exceed. And remember, it is the clock is ticking on this deal. Okay, so... Based on a nine plus deposit, you can get the Exceed from 117 pounds a month, so it is that cheap. 
Um, second to that, we've got a deal on the A-Class Saloon. It's an AM80D AMG on executive package with an automatic gearbox. That starts from 23999 and then the final pre-reg deal from December is the Golf R. Uh, that starts from £294.41 a month and uh, you can get that delivered fairly quickly if you order it as soon as possible. Anyway, thank you for listening to this week's deals and we'll see you in the next podcast.